Let us pray. Our God, our Father, we pray today that you will speak to us through your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and through your servant. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Before I, I start exposing, uh, presenting this uh, passage, uh, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 3, and if you need time, you can look in your Bibles or your phones. I want to uh, say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers uh, who are here. If uh, I may share a little bit, in my culture on Mother's Day is not about the present mothers, but uh, about our mothers who might be here or not here, and if our mother is alive, we would wear a red flower. If our, our mother is passed, we would wear a, a white flower. And uh, we would try to, uh, if our mothers are not around, to talk about them uh, during the lunch table and tell some anecdotes or some good things that we remember of them. So maybe that's something that you can do. Uh, today, as you have lunch or, or dinner uh, by yourselves or with relatives. Also, I want to remind you that next uh, week, cicadas or no cicadas, we're going to have our tips picnic uh, if uh, it's open for everybody. So if you want to come, uh, the information is in the T-mail. It's going to be on Sunday from 12 to 4, come and go as you please, and we're going to have uh, hot dogs and hamburgers, and, and uh, maybe we'll try some cicada recipes that are so popular nowadays. And then in two weeks also, we're going to have our uh, World Expo. We have invited all our missionaries that we support through many years to be present. Uh, we're going to have a big exposition outside with tables, and they're going to be there explaining what they do. Some come from very far away, some are represented, some are local, but uh, it's a good time for you to know uh, where we are investing, not just our, our money, but ourselves, into uh, sharing the gospel. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In this, uh, in this chapter, Ephesians uh, chapter 3. <clears throat> it's kind of a transitional, uh, transitional uh, passage uh, where Paul is, uh, is carrying the message that he's, uh, he's been building up. He uh, seems like when he, he's been warming up uh, with this concept of what the gospel uh, is able to do to change the world, and now he's kind of like ready to explode in a hallelujah to jack that uh, soldier that is uh, chained to him and, and turn his, uh, his, uh, his desk over and, and say hallelujah. This is what the gospel does, and this is what the church is. Uh, so we are in chapter 3, but this is uh, the Bible in the original is not uh, broken into chapters or verses, as you know. It's just a whole continuum. 
and uh, he's uh, studying this uh, chapter three with uh, for this reason. So he's actually uh, uh, continuing the thought that he has in number two. Uh, so he's uh, telling us to gossip, to gossip about the gospel, to gossip the gospel. However, uh, he's. Uh, I, I like to, to explain uh, a little bit what gossip is, and so we have the right idea. Gossip is one of those things that is, uh, it could be very bad or it could be very good. It's kind of like neutral. It just depends on how you use it. The dictionary says that a, a gossip, a person who gossips, is somebody who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts about others. So, bad gossip is, is bad. It's just, uh, it's condemned in Leviticus right away. It's, uh, it's exemplified in Exodus and uh, with tragic uh, results. It's uh, also very, very uh, spoken uh, against in uh, Proverbs, uh, telling us that gossip will bring uh, most of all separation, will break relationships. Gossip is uh, also uh, condemned, even, even in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, he puts gossip together with anger and wrath and all these, these ugly things. So that's, that's gossip, but gossip could be, could be a good thing. And that's what Paul is driving us at because he's using the word mysterion, mysterion in the Greek, which means a secret. It's a secret that is being revealed. So habitually revealing personal or sensational facts about God. That's good gossip. And that's what uh, I want us to concentrate today. If, we're, if we have to gossip, how do we do that? How do we do that? So uh, Paul is telling us God has revealed his mystery, his secret. And out of the six times that he uses this expression in the, in the letter to Ephesians, he's going to use it four times in, uh, four or three times in this, uh, in this uh, space. So the secret of God has been revealed through uh, the Holy Spirit, through the gospel. And uh, what is the gospel revealing? Well, God, uh, Paul's excitement is that the gospel has brought two separate worlds together into one. That the gospel has opened up a message of hope to everybody, no matter of ethnicity, no matter of uh, origin or uh, uh, accent or looks. The gospel has opened up the door for everyone. He says in, in chapter 2, verses 19 to 20, that is the secret uh, of God that uh, has brought one people into, uh, different peoples into one people, into one family, into members of one body. Later on in chapter 3, verse, verse 10, Verse 6, he will tell us that this mystery, this secret, is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, so we have something together 
to look forward to. It's also make us, made us members of the same body. So in the present, we know where and to who we belong. We are part of this body and also partakers of the promise. So we have a task to make this reality into a reality that people can feel and experience. Years ago, uh, in 2000, I was sent as a representative of Spain, where I was living at that time, to a worldwide conference where uh, leaders from uh, all these churches from all over the world were going to be uh, uh, present, present in Hong Kong. Uh, it was a dream of my life, and when I was given the offer, I took it. Uh, and uh, I just got there. My roommate was from the Philippines. I always dreamed about going to the Philippines. So I got to know a lot of the Philippines. And he told me, let me introduce you to my team. So he introduced me to his team. And this uh, lady, um, quite a bit in age, uh, she told me, sir, I know a little bit of Spanish. Can I practice it with you? And I said, sure, what, what do you know? And she told me, besame, besame, besame mucho, which is uh, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me profusely. And I went like, wow, that's very good Spanish. Where did you learn that? And she told me from a song. And I said, well, that figures. Uh, is, is that good? I said, oh, that's very, very good. But probably not to be used uh, frequently with people you don't know. And, and she asked me, what does it mean? And she went like. So that's, uh, that was that. But also in the, in the elevator, I would uh, coincide very often with, uh, with a man. A man that really intrigued me, but also I felt threatened by him. He was six feet and a lot. And he was big. Uh, he was wearing these fluorescent robes, uh, sometimes yellow fluorescent yellow, sometimes uh, fluorescent orange or green, and me being uh, quite a bit colorblind, I really appreciated that because I could really see him. Uh, although, uh, one other feature is that his skin was as dark as night. And uh, I was just, wow, perplexed with his round hat. And finally, I said, I need to break the ice. And I, I just went and told him, brother, my name is Jose, I come from Spain. And he smiled to me with the most beautiful, whiter teeth that I've ever seen, one missing in the front. And he came towards me and he opened his huge arms and he told, my brother. <laughs> and I was lost in the embrace of Christ's church. That's the church. When we finished the conference, my roommate, uh, before he left, he gave me a little piece of paper with uh, his name, his telephone number, and a word that said, Mispa. He told me, this is the way we say goodbye in the Philippines. The Lord watch between me and you when we are absent from each other. How beautiful. That's what Paul wants us to gossip about, about the gospel. 
the gospel who can bring this message of uniting all of us around the world to glorify God. So if we have to, if we have to gossip, let's gossip the gospel. Now, the second thing that uh, Paul wants us to gossip about is about the church. Christ is proud of his church. We should be also. And he tells us four things about the church that are so, so clear and so important. Number one, Paul models the church. He says, I am the lowest, the least of all saints. And he's playing with words here because Paul means little, I'm little, but not just little, I'm the least of all the saints. So the church, uh, the church should be a church that models humility. Paul is a, it's a teacher. It's a well-known preacher. It's an apostle of Jesus Christ. Yet he presents himself as Paul the little, but not the little, but the littlest. And uh, he tells over and over in this passage that he is what he is only by the grace of God. He uses the passive. I, I have not caused... I have not created this grace, but it's God in his will that has grace to love me and to put me where I am. Modeling humility. The second is the reason for the church that Paul tells us in this very short passage. He tells us that God, in his wisdom, created the world so he could create the church. Listen what uh, a Lutheran uh, theologian says. We believe that the church exists for the sake of the world, but that is not true. The world indeed, the whole universe, exists for the church. So God, in his wisdom and in his will, decided in eternity that he wanted to create the church. A group of people, a group of creatures that in very adverse circumstances would choose freely to love him and to glorify him. And to create that group of people, he decided to create a whole universe and in that universe, he decided to cre create a system. And in that system, he decided to create a planet. And in this planet, among all these creatures, he decided to create a special creature that he called Adam and Eve. And out of that creature, he created a people. And from that people, he incarnated himself to present the beginning of something new, the church, which was in his mind from eternity. The church is the reason of God's creation, and that's why we are here. The church is also the means of God's revelation to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery, the secret hidden for ages in God, 
who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Simon Chan, an Anglican theologian, Uh, from China says the church does not exist in order to fix a broken creation. Rather, creation exists to realize, to create the church. So the church is not an afterthought of God. It's not a patch up. It's not a band-aid for the failure or no failure of Israel. The church is God's original intent. And it's through the church that God chooses to manifest his wisdom to the world. It's only through the church, the church which is the keeper, the guard of God's word, and the church who is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is the church of Jesus Christ. And that's, if we need to gossip about something, we should gossip about what God is doing through you and through me, the church. Number four, there's one more reason that God uh, has us, uh, for, for which God has us here and that Paul will explain later on in this same epistle in chapter five. The church is the focus of God's love. The church is the focus of God's love. In chapter five, he will compare the church to the wife, uh, the wife and the husband. The church is the wife of Jesus Christ. I, I do have problems in calling the church the bride of Jesus Christ. I don't see that clearly anywhere in the Bible. But I see in Ephesians very clearly that Jesus has made a pact of love with the church. And as Joseph had betrothed Mary, and he would not divorce her, he would fight for her, he would uh, think of her as his priority. Jesus Christ has betrothed the church and he will not leave her behind. He loves the church. The church is the focus of Jesus' love. Some years ago where we were living, I was uh, president of the HOA of a huge building that was falling apart. In, uh, in, it was in such a deteriorated stage that I was really afraid and always prayed that when my children will leave the building, we lived in a 10th floor, just imagine. Uh, they would not be hit by a brick or a stone or something that would fall on their hands because sometimes we would find places like this. So I took the task that nobody wanted to take and uh, I started strong and we remodeled the whole building. And that was difficult. And when you do something like that, uh, you see there's some people that are never happy. Once we had a a meeting for uh, our our neighbors and uh, there was all this crowd 
and there was this man that started screaming at me, and he told me that when he would find me in a corner, he would get his blade, and he would cut my, my, my guts open. And, uh, and I was so bewildered by su such violence and so openly, I didn't know how to answer. But in the middle of the crowd, a little person made a way and started screaming at that man. And so the man went back and then mobilized the whole crowd to get around me and protect me. That was my wife. The same way Christ will protect his wife and will not let her go, not let her be hurt. We cannot pretend to be part of, uh, to love Christ and not to love what Christ loves the most, which is the church. Ephesians says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I was talking to uh, some people that I know, acquaintances in my area where I live, and they, uh, they had uh, identified themselves as Christians. So in, in, a, in a kind of gathering in the streets, you know, during pandemic days, I asked them, so what kind of church they knew where I, I, I go to church, uh, Truro, and I'm always very proud of this church. Uh, so I, I told them, what kind of church do you attend? And they told, they told me, oh, we don't attend uh, any organized church. And I, you know, my natural me was going to tell them, all right, so what time does your unorganized church meet? And where does your unorganized church gather? And who uh, brings the chairs to your unorganized church? And what, who decides what to read and what to study? Uh, but I didn't say that. I'm, a, I'm an alpha-trained person, so what did I respond? What did I respond? Oh, how interesting. Oh, how interesting. So, and second question, tell me more about it. Uh, so he told me, well, we are a group of friends. We get together in this porch. Uh, we all know each other. And we sit together in circle. And we share uh, some readings. And, and, I th and I just listen and I say, how interesting. Well, I may the Lord bless you and I hope it works for you. But when I turned around, I felt kind of like infuriated. I thought, this is, this is not the church. This is a caricature. When I meet with people who are just like me and think like me, and they have my same age, and they, we have the same purpose, and we don't have any plans to serve others who are different from us, who might benefit from my giving, that's, that's not the church. The church is something else, is something different. Let me show you what the church is. There is a middle-aged woman who's uh, broken and crying, seeing her son in front of her dying. There is a young man who's uh, bewildered because he just let his mentor, his friend, 
be taken and bitten and he's dying and in front of the mentor in front of the son this man opens his mouth and tells to the woman woman here is your son and he looks at the young man and tells the young man young man here is your mother and from that day they lived together and they cared for each other that is the church being born straight from the cross of people who are not related by blood but they are related by love and mandate and they care for each other to the end so brothers and sisters if we have to gossip during this week let's gossip the gospel if we need to gossip this week let's gossip the church if we need to gossip this week let's gossip God let us pray Our Lord, our Lord, thank you for the gospel that unites us, that gives us an identity, that gives us a body that we know that we belong to. Thank you for your church. Thank you for creating the church and including us into it. Thank you for having loved the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here who in their faces reflect the beauty and the goodness of the gospel and in their unity, in their love, they reflect the multifaceted wisdom of God, the church. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.